is never the underdog. Yes, sir. He's never the underdog. Yes, sir. What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-hosts, Shu and Raul. Going to do a little bit different this week. We've been doing our championship series, um, but we've, now we've got two scrimmages to kind of react to. And, you know, I, for one, I'm excited to talk about the, the guys coming in and Shire's first team. So we wanted to kind of break this down a little bit. We're going to try to keep it somewhat like where we talk about the first scrimmage and talk about the second scrimmage. But at some point, these are going to kind of get mixed around just in, in how it goes. But I guess, you know, as a disclaimer, first off, obviously Tyrese Proctor and Grandison were not in this one. Grandison dealing with the injury. Proctor's recently been playing with uh, Australia. Um, so he should be, both of those guys hopefully should be returning to the lineup soon. But looking at this first scrimmage, I'll just kind of talk briefly and hand it off to you guys. One thing that really stood out to me early on was I really liked our ball movement um, and the pace that we were playing at. Uh, the talking was also somewhat impressive to me in that video. I saw Lively talking. I could hear Roach talking, Jalen talking. Um, I don't want to just go down the list. Those two things kind of stood out to me initially. Shu, what were you kind of seeing um, in, in that first video there? I mean, the same thing there. Uh, you know, this is, you take it with a grain of salt because essentially this is their your first time looking at these guys playing uh, five on five together. Um, I'm sure it's not their first scrimmage. It's just the first one we actually seen. So just a couple things that, you know, stood out. Uh, Lively's length around the rim, um, you know, coming into the season, I thought I would see a lot more shot blocking than maybe I saw in the first scrimmage uh, from him. Um, Ryan Young impressed me a lot. Uh, yeah. He's got kind of that, like you guys had said, that YMCA game, a lot of up and under, foot, good footwork. So just, you know, he plays below the rim. He's going against this super talented, super long athlete and still able to get shots off around him. I was really impressed by Ryan. What about you, Raul? Yeah, same. I'm I'm kind of wondering what Ryan's role will be. You know, coming in, I pictured him being a Theo John type. Not, not that he plays it all the same. His focus seems to be much more on offense, whereas Theo was a defensive player. So I don't know if that makes him less useful to us as a backup player um, because you're not normally looking for like post offense off the bench as much as you are looking for a role player. However, his post moves are pretty undeniable. Like uh, he might be our best uh, pick and roll uh, role man too, our best target. He seems to have really good hands and he keeps the ball up high and finishes well. So he definitely jumped out to me. And then, yeah, I, I watched it again today. Um, both scrimmages and like Josh mentioned, the talking was great, uh, especially lively for a freshman. Uh, you know, maybe he just has that kind of outgoing personality, but you know, having your center talk that much could be really helpful. And then another thing I noticed was all the kind of uh, relocation on the perimeter. I don't know what you want to call it, but a lot of cuts, a lot of handoffs. It seemed like the action would start that way of people kind of curling around into handoffs or into screens. Um, and uh, that seemed to be our primary offense. Yeah, I don't know if you got anything else on that, uh, Josh. But Yeah, I noticed that when you when you mentioned that too, that we weren't really doing like how I would typically like envision us running those um, 
perimeter cuts, I guess, if you will. They weren't really like corner baseline to baseline. They almost started high on the wing and kind of went like at an angle towards the rim and then cut out, which hopefully, you know, is saying that John's got something in his bag there that he's trying to draw up in terms of how he's creating the space. Mitchell and Derek, and just in general, though, a lot of just like really strong drives. Um, you know, Mitchell had a lot. Derek obviously can get in there. Roach was getting in there. Blakes was getting in. Almost all of the like perimeter kind of guys were were driving really well. Another thing we didn't mention, and it's more in the second scrimmage, but we talked about Ryan Young. His ability to seal at the rim was like really elite in terms of just like sealing out his man for either the catch, the drop off, the dump off. Um, I think that's going to have like, to me, he also looked like our best screener in terms of like getting a body on guys. Whereas a lot of the lively screens look to be more of like slip screens, um, designated for him versus, you know, young might be one of those guys that, you know, if he hits you, you're going to feel it. Right. So if we can get some of these shooters running around off him, you know, I, I didn't even really think he was going to play when we picked him up. And now I'm thinking of like, well, how it, like, he looks like he could play. 20 minutes, you know? So if his conditioning is there, if stamina is there, um, it did look like we wanted to run a lot and play fast. So I don't know how that kind of fits into things. But then again, I feel like we always say we want to run and play fast to start the season. I think most teams do. And then you kind of settle in with what you got and who you got, and you end up kind of being more middle of the pack. Um, So we'll see what that looks like. Another guy we hadn't talked about yet that was probably the most impressive to me in both of these videos is Jalen Blakes. Yeah. Um, this guy looks like just a completely different player. Looked like he belongs, looked comfortable running the ball, looked comfortable off the ball, looked comfortable kind of getting in the lane and mixing it up a little bit. I didn't see him shoot a single three, which typically last year when he came in, he was looking to jack that first one up. This one seems to be he knows the ball's coming back. He knows his role. So that could be a guy. That I want to cut really in. I did, yeah, yeah. He did. He did make one did three. He, did he make it? Okay. So he, he and, did shoot a three. And the, the one thing scrimmage. that I noticed, yeah. And the one thing I noticed, and maybe I'm misremembering, but last year wasn't his, this follow through looked like a real follow through. Like you, right. You put your hand in the cookie jar, right? Last year right. I feel like it went sideways almost. So yep. I think they've been at least working on that. Um, looked good, a lot better than it, than I remember it from last year. Even him just taking one three says a lot to me, right? Because he was just right. hunting him a lot. Sure. Now it's like he's not really, I mean, I hate to say this, but like I'm watching that and I'm seeing like parts of just Duhon almost in his game, the way he's just like breaking up the floor, um, the little handoff to shoot for the wide open threes. He looks good. And uh, in this scrimmage, a lot of times when he was getting in the lane, he's doing it uh, in control of his body where it not necessarily has to get all the way to the rim. There's a couple of times that he throws up a little kind of one-handed floater over lively that just drop in, you know, nicely done. Yeah, his uh, handle looks a lot tighter to me as well. Um, he did a really good job attacking closeouts, you know, when we'd swing the ball around and get a relocation and somebody close out on him, he was attacking. And like uh, Shu mentioned, he hit a floater. He also made some great passes too. So yeah, just the handle and the decision-making, he looks like a completely different person. Um, I know he's been playing overseas in some sort of tournament too. I, I'm not sure exactly what it was because um, I know Proctor was playing in FIBA, but this was something different. And he had a, he had a really nice game against Spain, um, ten six and six. So that just shows you that he's passing the ball and not mm-hmm. just jacking shots. And uh, 
Yeah, I watched some of the highlights of that. He has like a behind the back crossover into a step back, like fadeaway. It's crazy. So to see that out of him, you know, I, I, it's hard to judge the competition, but still. Yeah. And honestly, it looks like passing could just be a real strength for this team in general. Lively had a bunch of nice passes. Filipowski had several nice passes. Um, Roach. Yeah, Roach obviously had Roach some really nice dropping ones. To, to Ryan. Yeah, dropping downs down there to, to yeah. Young for sure. Oh, that's why I was talking about that seal too. He was just sealing and getting those easy dumps. One of um, one of my favorite plays from the first scrimmage, uh, Jeremy gets a screen for a handoff from screen from Ryan. And then uh, I believe it's Max Johns comes up and sets up a, a back pick on Lively, who was guarding Young. He just rolls. Jeremy's got the ball on the wing, kind of pauses for a second, and Ryan waits till he gets in that perfect spot as he's cutting. And uh, Dariq didn't come up far enough to get in, in front of him, just made an easy pass for, for Ryan to score around the basket. Yeah. And I will say, too, that, um, you know, I thought Lively really ran the floor really well, had some good outlet passes, but I did see a little bit of like, He's the level of basketball has ca- is catching up to him a little bit, right? It's almost kind of like that welcome to high school or welcome to college moment where you can't just cruise through and you have to like study a little bit. You have to show up. Um, I think Reeves kind of stuffed him there like early on. He got it back and kind of finished the hook shot, but a little bit of times where he was trying to coast, Roach picks his pocket on that one pass. Um, so, you know, it might just be a little adjusting for him of like, you know, hey, you're not the biggest dog out here anymore, right? You kind of have to. Um, adjust to the way things are played. So, you know, obviously it's a scrimmage. All of this is going to be reactionary, but, you know, just something to maybe um, keep an eye on. Anything else from you all before we jump into the second scrimmage? And then we can kind of just talk about this stuff all together here. Did we mention how quick Jaden shoots the ball? Did I say that already? No, I was going to talk about him a lot in the second one, but we can talk about him now. When he catches it, there's... There's not a lot of time between catching it and, and it's pure it. looking yeah. too, man. It is like I like the form. It's compact. It's quick. Um, it's soft, which is what you want to see for sure, right? Yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of hard shooters, you know, recently. So it's nice to see that like Grayson Canard kind of level of just like real soft. Yeah, I know sure. there's some questions about his defense, but honestly, if he's going to shoot like that, we should try to do our best to hide him on defense to get the, get him out there. Because he could be a real difference maker. He looks, just in the form at least, and how quick the release is, he looks like a 40% plus three-point shooter to me. Yeah, he looks he looks good. <laughs> he, he had a lot of like, um, and I hate to do the kind of like white player to white player thing, but just looking at him, it's hard not to see a lot of Tyler Hero in his game. Um, he looked way more comfortable like on the ball and doing things with the ball. He didn't do a whole lot of driving, but just in terms of getting it up, passing it to a big, relocating was pretty impressed. I didn't really see him defensively a whole lot in these videos, but you know, they're edited videos. You're not going to get a whole lot of that, right? That's just kind of the way these things are. No, I like that comparison. What was, was it Tyler in like the 40, 50 range as well? Like as a recruit coming in, I mean, somebody you wouldn't expect to maybe give you as much at a blue blood, like Kentucky or Duke or Carolina, but. Uh, I think he was ranked higher than, than, Shoot, but I'm not sure exactly where he was at. So he was a four-star ranked 37. So yeah, actually fairly comparable when you get into that range. I mean, Hero didn't really have a great college season, though. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until he got to the NBA that he started kind of flashing his pick-and-roll ability. Um, Before we move on to the second scrimmage, I did want to mention, I guess this applies to both scrimmages, but you were talking about Lively earlier 
versus young and screen setting. That was one thing on a rewatch that did jump out to me. Uh, I don't know if Lively just needs to add strength there, but he really needs to set harder screens. Mm-hmm. So I think he could be a really effective role man, but there are multiple plays that I saw where he comes up and tries to set the screen. I think in both cases it was for Blake's. And because he doesn't set the screen hard enough, Blake's just turns into a double team. Right. And, you right. know, so that's not going to fly up. So maybe just a little time in the weight room. I know he's got like three months to improve his strength, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's a part of being a skinny freshman. Yeah. And I would like to see too, if we're going to run those high slip screens for it, not to be for him to roll to the basket, but to slip and go set another screen for a shooter, like the kind of JJ action, right? Where he had Sheldon and then someone else would go roll and set the double for him. He did have um, a he did have a nice pick and pop. I think the three doesn't go in. Um, it's it's one where flip tips it in. Yeah. Um, but I like but that play. That could be a that could be an option for him because his shot looks good. Yeah. Nice high art. So. Yeah. And he wasn't like um, sabotaging the offense or anything. I was really impressed by that. Like he was certainly seemed comfortable getting the ball when he got it. Wasn't really demanding it. Um, might want to seem demanded a little bit more, but that comes, you know, I'd, I'd really like to see him finish a little bit stronger. I didn't see many of the kind of like above the rim type things. Well, I know, I know uh, Steve Clark was pretty uh, high on his passing. He was high on flips passing too, but that, that flashed for me a little bit in both videos. Widely yeah. had some really nice finds. So yeah, he's not a selfish player by any means. Yeah. So you definitely like to see that. For sure. For sure. Um, Let's go to the second one and let's talk a little bit about Mark Mitchell because I felt like he was pretty strong in both, but I feel like he really shined in the second one. Just relentless attacking the rim. Um, seems to be pretty comfortable going left or right off the bounce like that, which is nice. He is a lefty. You know, so he, I think Raul, you had said that he kind of reminded you a little bit of like Luau Ding. And I think watching these, I, I really am starting to see that the shot is. You know, I think he can be a corner three-point shooter. That's probably where I would like to just kind of see if he's going to take, you know, three threes a game. I'd like to see 60% of his threes come from the corner this year. I think that's probably going to be his money shot. Um, I think the one or two he hit was on the on the wing, but, it's you know, usually it's a little bit easier to, to shoot the corner threes. But what, what stood out for y'all about Mark Mitchell? To me, he seems, we'll get to this later, but he seems where he could be a starter for us at some point. Yeah, I mean, for me, just uh, the motor and how he attacked. Uh, every time he caught the ball on the wing, um, kind of scan first, give a pump fake, drive in hard. Uh, if he couldn't take it all the way to the rim, you know, he knew exactly where he was going to go. I think one time he left his feet without kind of knowing what to do, but he still ended up making a nice drop off to might have been uh, might have been lively. So just from you know, what my preconceived notions coming in, I thought it'd be a little bit more raw. Um, but just what I saw from this, how hard he played, I think he's going to, he's either going to crack the starting lineup eventually or he's going to start out that way and maybe never give it back. Yeah. And I don't know if y'all noticed this too, but it seemed to me that almost all of our layup attempts going to the rim were kind of like high off glass. And that could have been just because we're practicing against bigs. But it, to me, I'm also thinking, well, maybe it's just be aggressive try to get to the rim and when you get there instead of doing that like jumping into no man's land throw it up there we're going to have lively flip mitchell somebody's going to be around there to pick that up and you know obviously um we didn't talk about it but one of the things that did stand out is lively looked like he could be pretty competent around the offensive glass so get it up there let him go eat and get his points that way 
Yeah, and Filipowski had a couple of good tippins too. So yeah, I think both of them could do some damage on the offensive glass. Yeah. Speaking of taking it to the rim, one thing that jumped out to me in a positive way was the shot selection overall, or, or maybe I should say the shot profile. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember two mid-range jumpers. One was that uh, baseline turnaround fadeaway that Whitehead had, which went in, but really questionable shot. And then the others, the uh, Roach crossover, I believe it was on Whitehead. Whitehead, yeah. That was nice. That was nice. I was, <laughs> was okay with nice. that one. but Was Dariks also, the other one, was it a three or a mid-range? Where it's it like a, a transition where he's run down, oh. he runs down through and he stops and pops. It looked that like was a long two, but was it a three? Yeah. I think that was a three. Okay. I hope we'll it was a three because if he stopped, if he stopped like one foot inside the line, that's what I thought <laughs> it was. It looked like a you know twenty footer. And I was like, like <laughs> you know, I don't want I don't want the listeners to think I just never want mid range shots. Like I liked that roach shot because the move set it up well, and it he was wide open. It's the a shot like Whitehead pulling up for a twenty one foot two point shot that kind of bothers me a little bit more, or that yeah. contested fadeaway. But yeah. overall, yeah, I thought that the kind of analytical side of uh, John showed through there a little bit. I mean, Duke's always been pretty good at not taking a ton of mid-range shots, but it's varied from year to year, and it looks like we're going to be much more in the kind of shot profile-friendly uh, realm this year. And sometimes we need that mid-range, too. That's the problem that we don't have it sometimes. You know, it's like... Obviously, if you're going to be shooting like that, it's unless you're Kawhi Leonard, you should not shoot mid-range games. But it's kind of this catch-22 and that like you need it to be in your bag. You just hope that you never actually have to use it. But you want it to be there, right? Because well, you need the, some guy to be able to take it. That rote shot on Whitehead kind of reminded me like that's the Kimba Walker, like the final setup shot. You know, if the game's on the line, I know I got this. You know, he fake slap, crossover right. Easy pull up from 17 feet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't talk about Whitehead a whole lot. I mean, we just obviously we just mentioned it, but he does seem really smooth in his game. Um, I was really impressed with his handle. He seems like he's like what six, 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 seven range yeah. somewhere, but he seems he just seems compact the way he keeps the ball. It's not like that lanky high dribble where it looks like he can get ripped. Um which to me gives us a lot of capable guys on the on the perimeter to handle the ball. And we haven't even seen Proctor yet. Grandison, I don't think, is going to be much of a of a ball handler, but he certainly looks capable as a release guy if we need him to be. But you had Blake, you had what we've seen from Shoot along with Roach and then Whitehead. And that should give us a lot of like ball handling if we do want to play fast. Cause that's what you need. You need guys that can get it and push. Um he didn't really see, he did seem to kind of like drift a little bit at times where you didn't really notice him a lot. And that could be um, dating back to what Steve had mentioned kind of when we first like previewed this class of it's not, it's kind of like um, collectively really strong individually, maybe not as much. Right. And so maybe we really do kind of have that balance with this team that we haven't really seen. Uh, too much over the last decade. I thought last year we had pretty good balance, but usually we kind of get like where somebody's in that 30 to 35% usage rate. And I just don't really see that from this team. I don't know. What do y'all think about that? Do you see the usage? What's, if we're going to ballpark it, what do you think the um, the highest usage from a single player on this team is? I think it's going to be a lot of guys in that kind of 18 to 25% usage range. And I think you'll see a lot of guys scoring between like 11 and 14 points. That does, I did want to ask you guys, uh, 
watching these scrimmages, does it change any of your thinking about who our kind of go-to guy or leading scorer might be? Because for me, I'm almost wondering if Mitchell has the potential to lead us in scoring, which I never would have thought, you know, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, I would have said Whitehead, almost certainly, or Roach. Those would have been my two picks. And I think they're still, both of those are still good candidates. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think coming in, I thought it was probably going to be Derek. Watching these videos, and granted, like I said, we've watched oh, 15 minutes of scrimmages. Roach looks like he's he's on a mission. Um, he's got the jumper working. He's got the spin packages coming off the you know the 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 layups. But I I, I do like your your Mitchell pick. I mean, he's he's aggressive. Um, especially if he can get to the rim, if he can avoid charges, I think he'll, he'd probably be a candidate for a lot of N ones. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, I also thought kind of Derek might would be our leading scorer coming in. I'm now shifting that more towards Roach, but I definitely think Mark could be our most efficient guy. I mean, if he's getting, let's say he gets two or three of those drives a game, he hits one of his threes a game, and then he's probably going to get three or four more off of like offensive putbacks or cuts. I mean, he could average, 12 points a game on, you know, five, six shots, which would, you know, that would be incredible. But he set a tone, which is what I really like, because that means it's a scrimmage, but he's out there playing to win. He's playing hard. Um, whereas to me, with it being a scrimmage, I still think Derek could be that guy, you know, of like, I'm just kind of in cruise control here. It's my teammates. We're just trying to see where things are at. But when the lights come on, he, you know, takes it to that next level. I can see that. I do hope Mitchell is really good because I think that's going to be our best lineup with him in it um, and, and moving one of those bigs out. But before we we jump into to our lineups, one thing we did get to see in the second scrimmage that I loved was the Roach-Blakes pairing together. Um, and I think that could be something, whether it's Proctor or Blakes, but pushing Roach a little bit to that two guard, kind of like the J-Will, kind of like the Quinn Cook. You saw it with Caleb Love this last year move him into a kind of a secondary creator a little bit at times and really just open up his offense. Um, that's kind of what got him rolling in the tournament for us, where we just unleashed him to be an aggressive, get in the lane, make things happen. What do y'all think about that? The two, the two point guard lineup with, with either Blake's or Proctor and Roach. Well, I think that fits in with your Duhon comparison earlier. Like you, you bring Blake's in, let him bring the ball up and initiate the offense and let Jeremy, it's almost like what we did with Nolan and, and John also, you know, yeah. um, just free him up to, because obviously, like I just mentioned a second ago, I, I think Jeremy's poised to take a step up, especially in scoring um, for us. So um, not asking him to do, you know, everything else on top of that, let him kind of find his spots and hunt shots. Yeah. And I think Blake's can also have a kind of Duhon like defensive impact. Um mm-hmm. You know, his wingspan, it looks pretty impressive to me. And I remember him making a kind of positive defensive impact when he did get in the games last year. It was more the offense that was the issue. So yeah, that Duhon role could be perfect for him. What would be interesting is if he's good enough that he has to start, then what happens? You know, Whitehead's still starting. Um, Are we going like Roach, Blake's? Whitehead, Mitchell, Lively, like a pretty small lineup, I guess, but it's not that small. Um, but there's so many possibilities with this team. I could see going, you know, Roach, Blake's, Proctor, 
whitehead. Like you could go really small, you could go really big if you wanted. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting kind of versatile group, I think. And we don't know how deep John's going to go either. And that really, because before with K, we were, everyone, we always got hung up on starting lineups because you kind of had to be, because we're going to play six guys, maybe seven, right? But if John's going to play, not just so much, not so much that he has to play more guys, but if he's going to allocate the minutes differently, you know, where like maybe he still only plays seven or eight guys, but it's not 40, 40, 40, 30, 30, 18, right? It's more kind of like 25 across the board type deal then it doesn't really matter as much, I guess. Um, but I did like the idea of running the two point. I mean, obviously just historically, we've had a ton of success doing that, right? Like almost all of our titles basically. Um, and I guess you could say all of our titles, if you count Grant as being the secondary, we've, we've had, you know, kind of two, two guys capable of doing that. Uh, the one guy we haven't touched on yet before we kind of just start to do some general takeaways. I thought Filipowski really shined in the second one um, compared to the first one where, and some of the stuff that had been coming out over the last few months had kind of gotten me to the point of like, uh, did we jump the gun? Did he just have a great summer? You know, I was kind of a little curious. This second video though, he looks great. I mean, some of the passes that he had, the coast to coast finish, um, he hit his three. I think all of our bigs hit a three in these two scrimmages. I want to say at least the the main, I don't know if, if Young took one, um, but I know Lively hit one, Mitchell hit one, and then Flip hit one. Um, so that's going to be interesting, too, to see how Filipowski is actually going to be used, what role he's going to have, if that's going to be on the bench, if that's going to be starting. He also looks just, even from his time already at Duke, he's trimmed some of that kind of baby fat up. He looked pretty stocky. I don't know if y'all noticed that, but he looked to be pretty in pretty good shape. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think, you know, coming in, we probably might have, prematurely slotted him in as a starter. Uh, whereas now I think, you know, it, he could just be uh, the backup coming in for Mitchell. Uh, could go the other way as, as well. Could be that it's Flip and Mitchell coming in for him. But just based on, you know, the again, the 15 minutes I've seen, I wouldn't mind him coming in because I also don't know what do you guys have thoughts on his pairing with Lively as opposed to maybe it being Flip and Young coming in at the backup four and fives. Well, you know that I don't tend to love a two true center lineup. So for me, Mitchell and Lively makes more sense, but that's also based on what I've seen out of them so far. Like Josh mentioned, uh, Filipowski did have some impressive moments in, in both scrimmages, but especially the second one. But it doesn't look to me like he's quite put everything all together. Whereas Mitchell looks ahead of him at this point. So for me, it's more about the desire to see Mitchell play a lot rather than necessarily being not wanting Filipowski to play with Lively. Because if you're bringing Young off the bench and you still got the problem of, okay, are you playing Filipowski with him? That's still two true bigs. And in a way that might actually be worse because Young's not going to take threes. Yeah, I'm in this weird spot where I really like all of our bigs and I want all of them to play. The problem is I want all of them to play alongside Mitchell, right? I love the fit with Mitchell and Young. I like the fit with Mitchell and Filipowski. I love the fit with Mitchell and Lively, but I don't like the fit of any of the others together, really. Yeah, Um, and I don't don't like Mitchell at the three either. No, I don't like that. I'd rather just move Whitehead down and then just bring in three guards and have him kind of be the, you know, Whitehead and Lively, Whitehead and whoever. And that, I think, could be the issue because I don't like... 
really any of the just like, I don't really like Young Lively. I don't really like Young Flip. I don't really like Flip Lively. We haven't seen it enough yet, but just on paper and just in terms of how I prefer to watch basketball, it's not my ideal pairing, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I do think with Flip and Lively that if you do start those, that gives you at least spacing, it gives you some versatility, it gives you passing. And then you could, I could see if Mitchell doesn't start, I don't see any scenario based off of this that he's playing less than 25 minutes a game anyway. So maybe you just rotate him in and then you start to rotate the others at the five and he just ends up playing 30 minutes coming off the bench. I don't know. That could be an option, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see because if we're going to want to play fast, typically you don't play other than Roy Williams, Carolina teams, you typically don't see like two big, two bigs on the floor playing at a high pace. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe it'll work, I guess. But uh, he, he did seem to spend a lot of time on the perimeter, though, when he was out there. Filipowski, that is. So yeah. maybe that. But I still like that better with Mitchell because I think Mitchell it complements his ability to slash and cut to the rim. And even for him to kind of get the ball down there in a post up, because then he's a little more, you know, he's got a little more in his bag. But I don't know. I mean, it's inevitable with with this many good bigs that we're going to see it. So we'll see. But yeah, the question is just whether it's like 2018 and we're seeing it for 30 plus minutes a game, or if it's more just you know something we start out the game with or use sparingly. I agree with you that Mitchell, his ability to slash is important because even if he's not taking a ton of threes, that's still opening up floor space for us because opponents have to respect him. And Filipowski did have a one really nice drive, um, but I wouldn't expect that to be a huge part of his game. Right. Yeah. And it just, it limits what we can do um, versus if Mitchell is the other guy, let's say Mitchell, we're doing that kind of wing cut and we run Mitchell around the baseline and Lively screens for him, then Mitchell can catch and Lively can also come out and screen. He can actually drive and attack it, right? Like if Lively flares out to the perimeter versus if Flip has it, we saw him have a, a nice drive, but you know, how often are seven footers really out there driving to the rim? You know, not that even Chet, some, a guy that's, you know, like kind of a unicorn kind of type, he wasn't doing that a ton either, right? It, the college game just doesn't allow for it as much. So it'll be interesting to see, but the the one thing is kind of a, a negative, I guess, is I still didn't see enough high ball screens. Um, I really wish to see more of that, especially in terms of like with the, with the intent to do something off the action versus just create the mismatch, you know, of actually doing something with it, getting in the lane. There wasn't a lot. Um, we ran a lot of slip screens. We ran a ton of a lot of these pseudo screens, but I didn't see a ton of high ball screens. I'm curious y'all watching that did that stand out to you or what, what do you think that's about yeah i don't i don't understand just because even if we don't want to run it for ourselves we know it's going to get run against us every year like so and it's the best play in basketball right now right it's like the most it's the hardest play to guard um and it, it's just curious to me we we seem to like to run more of that like um, well, K really loved it that like double horn set for the bigs to come out and more of like the DHOs and that type of stuff, which is you know, DHOs are great too. But to me, I would I was kind of hoping to maybe see a little more high ball screens when you're playing with this many bigs. To me, that's the best way to create the space is to have them constantly come up and set the screen. But you know, again, this is a scrimmage, right? So, all this is a reaction, and maybe when you get Granison and Proctor on the floor too, it you know, the circumstances change yeah maybe if you have a little more 
threat of shooting out there. It could help. Uh, and Proctor also seems to be a guy who loves operating the pick and roll. Yeah. So maybe that increases our use of pick and roll once we get him on campus naturally. But either way, it's a good argument for increasing it. Another thing is a uh, Roach um, apparently had kind of his most efficient offense out of the pick and roll last year. I read an article recently about it. Can't remember who wrote it, but uh, Brendan Marks, I think, at The Athletic. Uh, but yeah, so it would be nice to see us maximize that. And then, you know, both Lively and Flip can pick and pop as well. So, you know, yet another reason we need to be setting those screens. Yeah. Um, and we've kind of hit on some of these that we were going to talk about. So I'll just jump to this one. But what did you see to separate Shire from Kay? Did anything stand out to where you were able to see, okay, this is kind of what John's looking to do. These are some differences that we might see, or is this kind of the mentor to mentee, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I don't know. I I think the main things that jumped out to me were passing player movement and pace. Um, But I didn't plan that out by the way that they all start with P, but uh, yeah. So (laughs) I don't know if that's going to, like you said, I don't know if that's going to hold up because, you know, it, it tends to pace tends to drop as you get into conference play, but there seems to be some intention to at least play quickly and move a lot. It seems to resemble an NBA offense a little bit more in that regard, with the exception of the fact that you don't get a lot of the ball screens that the NBA is using. But other than that, um, you know, and actually, uh, Golden State doesn't run a ton of pick and roll. And to me, it looked most like Golden State of any team, probably. Yeah, that's a great comparison because I picked up on that too. Um, And Hugh, I'll go back to you. I just want to jump in because he mentioned it. The one thing that I noticed the most was the, the tweak that he made to the motion offense. It seemed to be this sort of like... um as soon as you catch, you either have an action or you move it, right? There wasn't a whole lot of catching and trying to read things. And it was catch, get to your spot. If you can't move it and get somewhere else, there wasn't a whole lot of like pounding the air out of the ball, um, wasted dribbling, which those were great to see. Cause a lot of times we've seen, but with some teams we had even last year of one guy kind of dominant four guys standing around. Right. Not a whole lot of movement. That was probably one of my biggest criticisms of AJ. Of He was such a weapon, but sometimes he would just fall into that trap of you just sit in the corner. So if we could get back to that, I think that was the the biggest takeaway that I saw is the shot clock. If we, we didn't really see the shot clock, but it seemed like we were intentional on in trying to get the best shot as quick as we could. Right. And to move it around and not really just trying to sit there and take the air out. Um, it's probably the only biggest thing that I, that I noticed. Shu, did you see anything different that yeah, I mean, just um, like like you guys said, the pace and everything. Um, not not a lot of wasted movement. Just get it go, and I think more possessions the better for us. So um, we did run this one little action like once or twice that I really liked, and I, I don't know if we have seen it yet before. Um, we kind of had this thing where we had two guys on opposite wings, and we would screen for the first one. And then the other the other side big would like flash down like he's going to cut, but he would stop it like the free throw line, and we would hit him, and he would immediately redirect it to the other wing for a three. So we ran a play designed to look like we're trying to get to the rim or to baseline right here, but really all it is is a decoy to hit the other guy. I love that if we have enough shooting out there to actually capitalize on it. Um, I think on the play that I'm thinking of, I think it was shoot that caught it. Um, 
But, you know, that depends on how much he's really going to play because he looked like the best shooter on the floor. Um, from what I've seen, I don't know, you know, how reliable we're going to get from these other guys. But yeah, Blake's Blake's one three came off of that, actually. Maybe. Um, OK, there it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a kind of kick in to uh, to Young, who immediately swung at cross court. Yep. That's the play. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we see more like actual plays as opposed to like sets that we run. Like there's sometimes that we run a specific like this is a play, this is what we're doing here. Um, so it's not really as much about reads, just you know, reacting and, and getting into the right spot. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. I'm ready. I'm looking for it made me really look forward to like an exhibition to where we could see our guys going against competition and then we can really get an idea. Um of yeah, what we I did want to ask about that. Like, so we're watching some of the offensive that does it the defense were you guys at all from anything we saw? Well, just like when we were talking offline, you know, did for I'm glad that shoot got that many open threes, but I also why the hell did he get that many open threes when he's <laughs> the only shooter on the floor, you know? Yeah. Like maybe somebody get over there and find him in transition. Right. Um that's hurt us before in the past, right? Of like it seems like one or two guys that can get hot and we're that's the guy we're not guarding. That's you know. Hopefully, I would like to see an improvement on that. Good for him for making them, but yeah, you know. I guess I'll you know, and <clears throat> again, this is first first scrimmages we've seen. I was expecting more maybe uh, shot blocking prowess from from Lively than I saw. I think, I, matter of fact, when I was watching the scrimmages again this afternoon, I think he might only block two shots in the scrimmage, and one of them was kind of. Uh, a wild shot that I believe Mitchell might've put up that was half a block from him and flip. And another one, I think he got Blake's on a drive that could have been a foul too, or at least out of bounds. So they stopped playing. He altered a few, right? Like that one Mitchell drive, he was able to kind of alter it a little bit, but yeah, I agree with you to have that many big guys. um, I think Reeves had two blocks too, right? So that's not really separating him from lively as much as we probably would hope. Right. Also, uh, I feel like Whitehead was getting burned one-on-one a little bit more than I expected. I kind of expected him to be one of our best defenders at the very least. The guy who probably impressed me the most on defense, and maybe this is just about experience, was Roach. He had a couple really good, he had a really good dig in in the post, and then he had a, uh, he blew up a pick and roll as well by kind of going under it real quickly and coming around the other side and stealing the ball. So yeah, you know, maybe that's just a product of having been in the system for three years uh, versus, you know, just getting here. But it's 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 always been a little bit of a worry for me this year with the possibility of playing two bigs a lot. That's always going to lead to defensive question marks, especially mm-hmm. in the pick and roll. So, you know, that's, again, yet another reason I prefer the idea of Mitchell is I think that that'll hold up defensively a little bit better. It was it was tough to tell for me. I didn't see a lot of like hard hedges thirty feet out though. That was a difference. Yep, yep. Another difference too um, that I picked up on was our transition game. Not just the pace that we were playing, but we actually seemed to have a plan to attack transition. Which sometimes it's not saying that Kay didn't have a, a plan. I think that he was smarter than what we made him look like at times, but our guys just didn't know what to do, right? Either we're both crowding the rim, so you can't really pass it or finish it because we allow one defender to guard three of us. Yeah, you probably know what I'm talking about, the way we run our, run the lanes. Um, or nobody goes to the rim and everybody's on the perimeter and we throw up a garbage shot and there's nobody to rebound. 
we seemed very methodical in what we were doing. Shoot always went to the wing three, right? Derek always was running to this side. And then you had the guy that was going, trying to get straight to the rim. Um, I'd like to see us be a little bit better being able to finish when we're able to run. You know, this last year we had issues that we, we had an advantage. We were trying to run and then we really couldn't get anywhere. So hopefully we have a little bit more of a plan on, you know, um, looking to maybe just shoot that three and transition because in, in modern basketball, that's kind of the best shot really. Well, isn't in improved shooting, won't that be the biggest factor? I think, um, Yep. Because the problem, you know, in previous seasons is we just didn't have those guys who could flash out and be an automatic, you know, catch and shoot threat. Because um, Kay did used to do that back when we had like Seth Curry and Andre Dawkins, they were flaring out to the wing or the corner every time. We just really haven't had that. I mean, I guess, you know, AJ was a pretty lethal shooter, but I don't remember him hitting a lot of transition threes. And yeah. then, And then in previous seasons, like we've already you know, gone over ad nauseum in this podcast, but you know, 2019, the shooting was awful. 2020, it was only slightly better. Um, and surprisingly 2021, even though we had hurt and Stewart and all these people, uh, was one of our worst shooting seasons. Yeah, that's definitely going to be, you know, that's, you got to have shooting to play in the modern game. You just, you just have to have it. Um, so I guess that kind of takes us to our, our next thing. So based on what we saw in this scrimmage, I guess we can kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what, who you would start out of this, keeping in mind that we don't have Proctor or Grandison right now. So I kind of left them off mine. Um, I almost went with Roach and Blakes, and I would like to see that a lot. But based on what I saw here, I went with Roach, Shoot, Whitehead, Mitchell, and Lively. Um, I think I had Blakes, Flip, and Young all playing kind of major minutes off the bench. And that would be like my eight-man rotation based on what I saw. Shoot, we're going to need the shooting um, and his ability to do that in transition. I don't really care how bad his defense is if I got Mitchell at the four, who can be kind of my Winslow guy. Uh, Lively kind of protecting the rim. Whitehead on the on the wing there. So I kind of went with a, a somewhat modern style. Um, so that kind of tells you a little bit, I guess, about how I like to play the game or how I, how I like to watch the game. Um, Raul, who, who did you have as kind of your starters or your main guys just based on what we saw in these two things? Yeah, if I'm leaving out um, Proctor and Grandison, who I think both have a chance to start. Mm -hmm. um, and of those two, I think I would like to start Grandison more. And this is sight unseen, of course. All I've done is watch highlights. But once he is on campus, I think he could offer a valuable low usage kind of 3 and D player. But if I'm leaving him off the table, I really do kind of like the idea of Roach and Blake's. I like that extra ball handler. You know, shoots ball handling was something we just kind of glancingly mentioned, but it's 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 more impressive than I expected. However, I think Blake's is going to be a step ahead of him there. And I like the idea of having somebody who's not going to have a lot of offensive responsibility and that you can put um, on the ball as a defensive option. And it's okay if he exhausts all his energy on defense. So that's kind of why I'd start Blake's. I see him in that role of like being tasked with taking the other team's best guard mm -hmm. and just, you know, wear yourself out on defense, play your role on offense and, uh, you know, help the team that way. Yeah. What about you, Shu? That's my squad. Uh, Roach, Blake's together. <laughs> <up top. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I've, like we kind of mentioned earlier, probably put Blake's as the, as the primary ball handler. Uh, Roach off the ball, Whitehead, 
with Mitchell kind of slashing in and out of the lane and, and lively, you know, setting screens up top. Um, and then just kind of, that's a, that's a running gun mm-hmm. squad to me, like get out and play in transition. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what Proctor and Grandison do with that, because that's going to be, um, they obviously it's to me, it's, you know, I would have liked to have had them like healthy and on campus with these guys the whole time, but just what I'm seeing from our top eight on this scrimmage, I feel pretty good about our team, much better than I did coming in. And we haven't even, we don't even have two of our, you know, rotational players on it yet. Um, arguably two starters potentially. So, you know, I think we're in a pretty good spot already just based on where I was at coming into the season versus where I'm at now. Again, these are two scrimmages. All this is reactionary, but where are y'all at on the needle in terms of kind of like, you know, I don't know how high or low you were coming in, but to me, it was new coach, a whole new team, Roach really being the only guy coming back. Um, I was just kind of hoping to be, you know, if we're top 25 and even in contention for a top four seed, I was going to be pretty thrilled. I think the needle has maybe moved up that to me, where maybe now I'm expecting that versus kind of being thrilled about that. But where, where are things at for you all? Shoot, go ahead. I think that's exactly, I mean, we talked about it. I think before we signed Grandison, like we were, hey, you know, first year head coach, really young team. Roach, the only one coming back. So what are the new guys? And then also, you know, yes, we got a number one recruiting class, but this is also a recruiting class that's that come through the middle of COVID. So is mm-hmm. there has their progression, you know, come along as much as other classes have. So, you know, how all that was going to come together. I was a little honestly a little worried about how this year might go. Um, but after seeing this, definitely feeling a lot better. I think there's especially after seeing like we've talked about Blake's improvement. Roach looks like a whole new player. Mitchell is better than I imagined he was going to be at this point. Um, so, and, and young looks serviceable as well. So feeling a lot better about, about where we're at. Yeah, I think the main thing for me is that the backcourt looks stronger than I expected. You know, that was a huge worry. Um, you know, especially after Keels had left, um, and we didn't know that Proctor was going to reclassify and we didn't know we were going to land Grandison, you know, it was looking a little bit bleak there. But, you know, Grandison offers that uh, experience element. Uh, like you guys mentioned, Blake's has improved a lot. Roach looks like he's ready to take a leap. And then I watched a few uh, clips of Proctor in FIBA, and he's really impressive. Um, I believe he hit 40%, a little over 40% uh, of his threes in FIBA as well. So that's a great sign. He looks like he moves well off the ball, and he's a good catch-and-shoot player. So at the very least, I think, uh, and he seems to jump passing lanes well as, as well. So at the very least, I think he can uh, help as kind of a three and D guy who has some ball handling responsibilities, and that's kind of the worst case for him. And then shoot looks better than expected too. So it's 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 almost this weird reversal where when we landed this class, I thought, um, and then seeing all the departures from last year, I thought. Okay, backcourt is a huge question mark, but the front court is solid. And now I've almost kind of flipped um, where I'm not quite as high on Lively and Filipowski as I was, but I'm higher on the backcourt overall. But in a weird way, I think that's a better place to be because I feel like the backcourt is what's going to determine your success a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like March. we're always better as a perimeter-oriented team as opposed to the other way around. 
So and typically that's just the case across the board, you know, like yeah. if you're big guys, your best player, you're still limited in what you can really do. Um, you know, I'm not, I mean, if you look at kind of the 76ers, 76ers you know, like yeah. Embiid is, is great. I'm not a, you know, a huge fan of his, of that style, but like they're still limited because he's reliant on other people to get him the ball and where he can get to his spots. Um, even a team like like Denver, who I love to watch, Jokic is still, he's never going to be able to be Steph, and he's probably the closest that you can get. And that's a once-in-a-lifetime type of talent type player that's able to do that. So, And look at like Anthony Davis for years in New Orleans. Right. He couldn't even prop up an average offense, and he's right. one of the best big men ever. But the fact that you're relying on a guard to get you the ball and the fact that you don't have a kind of source of self-creation is just going to limit you. Yeah, and we could we have the potential on paper to be extremely versatile. I mean, we talked about having to play two bigs, but if these other guys are ready to go and we're playing against a smaller team, or we get we say we're you know we're down ten with seven minutes to go, I mean, we could run out like a Roach, Proctor, Grandison, Whitehead, Mitchell lineup, you know, and just really spread things out and just kind of tear you apart. Um, you know, I actually kind of like that in theory there to just <laughs> kind of get just down, murder you. If we get down 15 against Carolina, that's the secret weapon, right? That's well, the at least to be, uh, yeah. against Roy at least, but we'll see yeah. against Davis. But yeah, if we get we get down 15 in the second half, then we need to call up K and be like, "Yo, we're going small ball, come in here and 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 beat these guys for us." Um, that seemed to be his his mo there in the before he went with the the two big lineup thing, which is still a kind of a weird thing, but. Um, Either way, but uh, any any final takeaways from you all regarding the scrimmage or kind of what we've seen or what, you know, what you're excited about for, for the season? I think it's just going to be interesting to see how well Shire is able to motivate the players. To me, that's the biggest question mark. I think his X's and O's will be fine at the very least, but... What made Kay so special was his ability to get the most out of his players. Yeah. Um, and I think that part is where it could be a real strength of that we don't have a bunch of returning guys coming back because typically the assistant coach is kind of like the good cop, right? To where like you just got crushed by by Kay. Let me kind of massage it over here. Let's go in the gym, get some shots up. How's things going, right? Like how's things at home? That's the assistant coach's kind of job. So only Roach has that relationship really with John, right? All these other guys are only going to know him as the head coach. And I think there's something to be said for that just in terms of how teams work. Um, Even if you're a player, you kind of know, like even for us, you know, like dating back to like middle school or high school, if you played for your dad or if you played for your uncle, you kind of had a different vibe there versus if you're playing for someone else, right? It just, it's just the way it is. So I think that could be a value to him of he doesn't have to like overcome his former self with this group, right? He can just come in and this is who I am as the coach. And, you know, maybe that matters, maybe it doesn't, but I think it's interesting. Shu, you got any kind of final thoughts on that? Um, I'm just looking forward to the Shire starting. I'm kind of the one thing I'm wondering, not only about, like we said, you know, how he motivates players. Uh, I think again, his, his X and O's will be fine because I think that's what he was kind of picked for, perhaps one of the strong suits. But we talked about it when he, when he coached in place of K a couple of times, that Wake Forest game when we were kind of just getting, I don't see we we're getting, 
you know, done over by the referees, but he kind of just let a lot of those slide, like didn't say anything. Yeah, we got a big lead, but I want to know how he's going to interact with with the guys that are officiating the games. And, you know, not to say we need every call or we get every call, just kind of want to see how his uh, style compared to K's was. Yeah, I think he'll be, I mean, just because everyone would have been, right, a little more reserved than Kay is in that regard. But I also, like, what I really like about it is not just him, but the whole staff are so young that they can still get out there and play and probably beat a lot of these guys. And just going back through O'Connor's book and just hearing the stories about Kay, especially like the early first 20 years or so at Duke Kay, some of the stories that guys were still remembering 20 years later of him coming in there and diving on a loose ball, him coming in there and like, well, I'm, no, I'm going to show you how to run this. This is how I want it ran. I, maybe he was still doing that, but I, I'm a little hesitant to think the 71 year old K was out there, you know, running DHOs with <laughs> Carter and Bagley, you know, like I just don't think he was doing that anymore. Um, so I think it's going to be a little bit different of like, if you're not running the play and Shire comes out there and bust your ass, you know, then you're going to be like, oh, okay, like coaches out here doing it. So, and a, yeah. and a meal too, like yeah, a meal yeah. should be able to manhandle any of our bigs, I would think, you know, he's, he's not too far removed from playing in the NBA. Oh yeah. I mean, I bet he loves Ryan Young, right? They got that same yeah. sort of old man kind of game, the up yeah. and under, the craftiness, the ceiling. Yeah. I'd love to see a, a young any meal versus a lively and flip. Just, just beat them old school style. But yeah, I mean, I think that's all I got. You know, I'm really excited. I thought I would kind of be kind of like mourning the start of the season with like it being the last one in K, but actually, I'm just really excited uh, to see what John's going to do. And um, especially, I'm hoping that we might get another one of these videos once we get Proctor and Grandison back in the fold. Um, you know, I don't think our first scrimmage is usually typically until what, like late October, somewhere around like the Halloween. The first like official practice or the CTC scrimmage? No, like our first exhibition. So CTC yeah. is usually like October fifteenth, yeah, seventeenth, eighteenth, somewhere like there. a week after that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so that'll be interesting to kind of get some feedback from that and see what we see what we got. But um, yeah, you know, in the meantime, you know, obviously, you know, continue to check us out on the boards at thedevilsden.com. Email us over the summers. We're kind of just going through some some backlog content that we have here at the Devil's Den Pod at gmail.com. We still, like I said at the, at the beginning, we're still doing our championship series. If you haven't went and listened to 9192, check that out. Um, we'll have the 01 coming up. And then in the next few weeks, you'll see the 2010 and 2015 as we wrap that up. But, um, you know, in the meantime, again, stay out of this heat. It's awful hot out there and uh, keep the faces strong in the verb high. Go do. Mm-hmm.